Well, amen. We are so glad you're here today. It's a great group. Thank you. I know that uh, the COVID numbers are putting a little bit more folks at home, and so thank you for joining us online. We want to celebrate our anniversaries in September. Wednesday will be the beginning of September. We had two couples at the early service. We celebrated with Brian and Becky Krantz. They had 18 years they're celebrating, and Carl and Holly was celebrating 15 years. So if you have a September anniversary, wedding anniversary, would you All right, awesome. Several in September. Awesome. That is wonderful. I'm going to start in the balcony. Sherry, how many for you and Bob? 33. Congratulations. That's awesome. I, I know you as David's sister, so I'll call you David's sister. How many for you guys? 16. Congratulations. That is awesome. Jerry and Kay? A bunch. <laughs> 41. Okay, you ain't even that old. How does that work like that? <laughs> Jeremy, how many for you and Jody? Two. That's awesome, man. And you got family. You got your sister's family here today. Your sister and brother-in-law from Maynardsville. Is that right? Sounds like something that ought to be on like uh, the uh, Andy Griffith. That's what it sounds like, Andy Griffith. How many, Doug and Luann? 30. Man, that is awesome. Is that everybody? Oh, we got one. Nope. Dennis and Martha, you guys are just standing. You got anniversary. How many years, Dennis? 43. Is that right, Martha? You elbowed him. 42. <laughs> you would be surprised. You would be surprised when I go home, when I go to my office after the service, how many elbows I've seen during the service. Like a guy falling asleep. Well, some of you women's got that arm motion good. Did I miss anybody else? You guys remain standing. We want to celebrate with all these couples. What wonderful examples. And we want to thank the Lord for your marriages. Let's pray together. Lord. Lord, thank you. From the beginning, you created us. You created man and you created woman. And Lord, you saw man when he was alone and you said, that's not good. So you created him a partner, a helpmate, one to come alongside him. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all of these couples. Thank you for their example of what it means to be one man, one woman, two becoming one. Jesus, these are wonderful examples of you and your church. The love you have for this, your bride, that you gave your life for us. Lord, may us husbands show that kind of love to our wives so the world can look on and see the love of Jesus. I pray a blessing on all of these couples as they celebrate this month. Lord, I pray it would be a wonderful time of celebrating the love that you've given them. We pray the love will continue to grow. We pray, Lord, that you will grant them wisdom and discernment and they will serve you together. Bless each of these couples. Thank you for them. Lord, thank you for their friendships. Thank you for the example they're setting for our children, our young people, our single adults, our single again adults. Thank you for the example they are setting. And we proclaim to this world that marriage is a gift from you and we celebrate it today. I pray you teach us. 
you would draw us into your presence. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you guys so much for letting us celebrate with you. What a wonderful group, and we celebrate. We'll turn to 1 John. We're going to be in chapter 1. We're concluding chapter 1 today. I have enjoyed our study that we've began in 1 John. Evidence of faith. Next week, we'll begin when it begins talking, or in, two, in a couple of weeks, we'll begin talking about this evidence of faith. We'll be talking about, hey, this is how you know that you're a follower of Christ. And so next week, we'll begin in chapter 2. The first two verses is mainly all we're going to cover next week, and we're going to be talking about how we can conquer sin. Today, we're talking about how that we should be confessing our sin. Next week, we'll talk more about why there's cleansing for our sin. Today we're going to just kind of highlight that there's cleansing for our sin. The next week we'll focus more about how that cleansing is made available through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in 1 John we're going to read verse 8, 9, and 10. This is a familiar passage. And so you're going to, a lot of you have probably memorized verse 9. And while we're thinking about memorizing verses tonight at 5 o'clock, Sharon? What time? You're canceling for tonight. Gotcha. So coming soon will be Bible drill. Awesome. Bible drill will hopefully start next week. And we're just kind of fluid right now, sharing with all the sickness and stuff. And so a lot of you have memorized verse 9. And this is a great verse. And let me just say, uh, speaking of, of COVID, let me just say this. And I said this to the early service. I want to thank you for your attitude through all of this. If you look on the front of our bulletin, our verse, our focus verse there is, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We are in a divided nation right now. We are in a divided world. And people are taking sides about everything. And I am so thankful for you. How you have not allowed that to come into the church and to disrupt our unity. We are one body. I know that you have personal opinions, whether you should get the vaccine or not get the vaccine. I know you have personal opinions, whether you should wear a mask and not wear a mask. But let me just thank you for not bringing your personal opinions into, into this church and allowing us to function in unity. It's your, you, you have every right. We want you to make the decision for you personally. You make the best decision for you. And thank you for not judging others who make a different decision. We, we are not to judge one another. We are to come into unity. We are to be respectful for one another. We are to be thoughtful. That's why at the 830 service, we are encouraging folks to wear masks in and out. If those who mask are important, COVID is, is a Big 30 service. We're trying to be thoughtful. We're trying to be respectful. So at 8.30, we're encouraging folks to wear their mask in and out. But let me just thank you because there are some churches that this is causing a divide because we're, they're judging one another, whether you get the vaccine or whether you got the vac. It's a personal opinion. You've got your own personal understandings. You have not walked in anybody else's shoes. So don't judge one another and thank you that you haven't done that. All right. Got that said. Now, let's read our passage. 1 John 8, 9, and 10. If 
That was the reason for the video today. I thought that was such a powerful video. That one little word, if. If. All three of these verses begin with that word. If we say. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Let me just camp out there for a minute. For us to come to Christ in salvation, we have to acknowledge that we are sinners. You have to acknowledge that you have sinned against God. Everyone in this room, everyone listening online, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you've had to admit that you're a sinner. You see, we need to understand we are all sinners. We have to recognize that and to admit that and to confess that. And he says here, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not. We have to recognize that we are all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Before we became a believer, we all acknowledged that we were sinners. Now, this verse also can apply to us after we become a believer. It's a daily struggle for all of us to give into the old flesh. You see, we need to be reminded today, we are all sinners. We all have a sinful nature. When Adam disobeyed God and Adam and Eve disobeyed God, sin entered into the world. Through one man, sin entered into the world. Through one man, we all who are born of a man and a woman, we all are born with a sinful nature. Why do we sin? Because we are sinners. We have a sinful nature. We are all sinful. We all have wicked hearts. That's who we are. Adam was our representative and he passed down to all of us a sinful nature. There is a sin root in us that causes sin fruit. That sin root is a sinful nature. If we do not recognize that sinful nature in us, then we are deceiving ourselves. As believers, it's an everyday battle. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about conquering that battle. We can live in victory. We can conquer sin. But you need to understand it's a daily battle. If you think, I don't sin anymore. I'm perfect. I got this thing whooped. I got this thing whooped. I don't know why I said it like that. That's weird. My tongue. Sound like Dave, Dave from the north or something there. I don't know why I said it that way. If you think you got this thing figured out, you're going to fall. Every day we have to go in understanding there is capability in me to be sinful. Every day I am capable. I have to remind myself every day I drive up Stone Drive. I am capable of having a terrible attitude, of getting upset. I'm cap it's capable for me. To be rude. It's capable of me for, to have sinful thoughts. It's capable of me to do sinful things. So he says here, John says, if you say you have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. Be aware that we are capable of sin. Be aware that there's sin in our life. If you're here and you're lost, you're listening online and you're lost, the first step for salvation is to acknowledge that there's sin in your life. For believers today, this is such an important message. It's such a simple, basic message of what John is saying. 
But if we want to see a revival, every revival that's happened in history comes through confession. When people start confessing their sins, when the people of God quit playing games and wearing masks and going through the motions and we get real before God and we get honest before God and we get bear our hearts and say, God, there is sin in my life. And I need you to forgive me and to help me. And so John is going to challenge us. In the first verse, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Will you be honest with God? Let the Holy Spirit bring to the surface that sin in your life. Would you be honest? Verse 9, there's the good part. If we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from, what's the next word there in your, your, your translation? All. All unrighteousness. Well, preacher, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. Jesus stands ready to forgive all unrighteousness. It doesn't matter how big and how bad and how wicked it seems in your life. The blood of Christ will cover all sin. Well, he died for our sin. We're going to see that next week. But here he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See that plural there? Confess our sins. That fruit of our sinful hearts, of our sinful nature, the fruit that comes from that. We're to confess that. Verse 10. If we say, there he says it again. If we say that we have not sinned, Verse 8 says we deceive ourselves. This says, if we say that we have not sinned, we are a liar. And his word is not in us. If you're sitting here today and you say, I ain't sinned. You know what God's word says? You're calling God a liar. I don't think I would want to do that. Calling God a liar. The back of your bulletin, you'll find a very simple outline. Just three words. They all begin with the letter C. And it's going to guide us as we go through these three verses. Two weeks ago, we were at the park and we had worship in the park. And man, it was a blessing. Such a joy. In about three weeks, we're going to worship outside. September the 26th, we're going to be out here outside. Bring your lawn chairs. We're going to have one service at 1030 Sunday school at 9.30, worship at 10.30. We're going to dedicate the soccer field. It's going to be team day. If you're a coach, if, you, if you're part of a travel team, school or travel team, upward teams, we're asking everybody to wear your jerseys, invite your teams to come. We're going to celebrate and dedicate the field. And so two weeks ago when we were at the park, we talked about how God is light, how Jesus is light. And we talked about before that how that Jesus is life. We talked a lot two weeks ago how he is light. Think about the light. The light reveals in the darkness what's wrong. The light reveals things in our life. The Holy Spirit will shine the light of the word of God into our lives. And it will bring things to the surface. And to deal with but also know about the light. Not only does it reveal the truth in our lives, 
But the light warms up. The light of the sun, it warms us up. The embrace of Jesus to forgive us, to, to, to bring us back into fellowship. What a wonderful thing. And so now, in your outline, we'll see what we're to do with our sin. The first thing is, we need to stop concealing our sin. He says in these verses, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar. To conceal our sin means to hide our sin. It means to keep it buried in our lives. It means not to admit that there's sin in our life. We need to learn to stop concealing our sin. Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. We read earlier Psalm 32. He says, I will confess and I will not hide my iniquity. God is calling us today to stop concealing, hiding our sin. Stop deceiving yourself. This scripture is telling us that believers can even deceive themselves. That they can start thinking that what they're doing isn't that bad. It's really not sin. And they can justify what they're doing. And they, they want to hide it and conceal it. And they eventually will convince themselves there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. We need to stop concealing our sin. We need to recognize that, that we need to express it. And that's what we're getting ready to talk about. Think about the example of David. King David in the Old Testament. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Then he had her husband killed. He's an adulteress and a murderer. And then for about a length of a year, he continues as if everything is fine. He still sits on the throne. He's still serving as the king. He marries Bathsheba. She's having a baby. Nobody knows the difference. He is concealing her, his sin. The example of David but then God does not allow him to conceal his sin. God sends the prophet Nathan. And Nathan comes and confronts David to say, you need to stop hiding your sin and to deal with it. And that leads us to the second thing in your outline is that we need to be confessing our sin. David confessed his sin. The Bible says here in 1 John, if we confess our sins... We live in a world where many people don't want to talk about their sin. They don't want to confess their sin. You know, we, we don't want to call stuff sin to start with anymore. We've got a world that doesn't call things sin anymore. Parents or because of I was raised this way or I've got an addiction or I've got this problem or I've got this. You know, I grew up in a time where things were called what they were and they're called sin. We want to call them everything else in the world. We want to justify them. And the people of God has been, has been lulled to sleep and brought into this. That if the world makes it legal. And if people are okay with it. Then it's, it's okay with God. God hasn't changed. When God says in the scripture. This is sin. It's sin. He hasn't changed. And yet we want to bury it. Conceal it. And we convince ourselves that it's not sin. We want to justify our actions. We want to blame others. 
for our sin. But what we need to do is today quit burying our sin, quit justifying our sin, and today feel a freedom of confessing our sin to God. God, this is what I have done. To confess, that word means we are agreeing with God. God, you've said this is sin, and I agree with you. Now, let me just, let me just say this. Quit doing this at night of saying this prayer. Lord, if I've done anything wrong today, forgive me. That's not confessing our sin. Don't you wives hate that when your husbands say, well, if I did anything wrong, I'm sorry. What do you wives want to do? Gib slap them, right? Right upside the head. You want to come out and say, honey, I shouldn't have not done this or I should have done that. We need to be direct with God. God doesn't just need some surface. Well, God, if I've done anything wrong, I'm sorry. Forgive me. God says, confess your sins. God, I had a lustful thought today. God, I was rude. God, I should have have shared the gospel when I had opportunity. God, I'm in this relationship and it's sinful. And God, I'm leaving this relationship. Whatever it is, confess it to God. He says, confess our sins. We need to confess them. As the song says about our blessings, confess them one by one. How long has it been since you got real with God? How long has it been since you got real with him and just broke a broken heart? God, I've sinned against you. God, I have a terrible attitude. God, there's some things in my life. You see, we want to justify our sins. Let me tell you something today, and I I know you're not going to like this, and that's okay. But hear me. Homosexuality is sin. Amen? But guess what? Gossip is sin. Gossip's sin? Just like homosexuality. They're both sin. Yet we are really good about pointing our fingers at everybody else's sin. But then when it comes to ours, eh, that's not that bad. That's really not sin. It's not. Let me tell you something. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. Jesus talked about it. You want to pull the little toothpick out of your brother's eye and you've got a big old tube of force sticking out of your own eye. I mean, the world is tired of self-righteous, holier-than-thou hypocrites. They need people who are real, who are humble, who are seeking out God. God, we've sinned against you, and we've sinned against your work. We've sinned against you, and we're in disobedience. And so he says to confess it. That's what David did when he was confronted by Nathan. He he was broken for his sin. And in just a minute, we're going to read Psalm 51 that he was broken. He became honest with himself, with others, most importantly, with God. And then that leads to the third thing in your outline, the cleansing our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is ready to forgive us. We're going to talk more about this next week, about the blood of Christ and what Jesus has done for us to make this possible. How can we be cleansed of our sins? Because of Jesus. You see, one of the the misconceptions about this verse, 
Some people want to take this verse and kind of take it like hand sanitizer that they can just spray a little bit every time they go in and out. And I can just live any way I want to. That's not what this is saying. God calls us to walk in light. And when we stumble into the darkness, we have an advocate. We have one who is standing between us and God, standing for us, ready to forgive us and bring us back into fellowship, into the light. But here's the thing. When we, when we are in sin, we need to confess that sin. But this isn't some license for you just to go live in the way you want to. And then I'll just spray a little on my hands and everything's fine. If you're truly a child of God, you're going to hear David in just a minute in the Psalms say, when we're truly a child of God, we can't stay in the darkness because we're going to be broken for our sin. We're going to be convicted of our sin. The Holy Spirit's going to bring us to a place of humility and a place of repentance. And so we need to recognize, remember the cost of the forgiveness. Do you recognize what the price is for you to be forgiven of that sin? Do you remember what the cost is? It was the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. So as followers of Jesus, we need to have a humble and broken heart when we sin because we're sinning against God and it's the blood of Christ that had to be shed for our forgiveness. Look in Psalm 51. Let's just, let's just jump into Psalm 51 here as we conclude. After the invitation, we're going to have a, a video from Patrick. And we're going to have an altar prayer for Anna as we close our service. Psalm 51. First 13 verses. So David has been confronted by God through Nathan the prophet. He is broken for his sin. And that's what our prayer is, is for you and for me today, that we will be broken for our sin daily. One of the things we need to recognize is don't wait to the end of the day. Young people, don't, there's no rules that say you have to wait to the end of the day before you go to bed and confess your sins. Confess your sins throughout the day. If you see me driving up Stone Drive, you're going to oftentimes, I'm going to be confessing my sins as I'm driving up through there. I mean, it's a daily routine. Lord bless left-hand drivers. Can I get an amen on that? Goodness gracious. Go on, preacher. All right, I'm going to go on. Just confess it. I mean, I have to say, Lord, I shouldn't have thought that. Lord, forgive me. I mean, shame on me for my attitude. I have to confess it. Don't wait till the end of the day because you don't have a good memory and I don't have a good memory. And that gets us where we say that prayer. Lord, just forgive me for everything I've done. Confess it because then it's out in the open. There's some accountability between you and God. God already knows, but when you say it out loud, there's a freedom that God's forgiven you, but he also is holding you accountable. Confess it. That's a great thing about going to a counselor, getting things out in the open and confessing things and getting them out there and talking about them. So here's what David says. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy. My transgressions. Church, hear me today. Jesus stands with arms open wide. If you're a believer and there's sin in your life, he's ready to receive you. His mercy, his tender mercies. Confess it. He's ready to forgive you. 
Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. God, I've sinned against you. It's me. I've sinned. Not my neighbor, not my wife, not my husband. It's me. For I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is always before me. If you're a true child of God, your sin will always be before you. The Holy Spirit will beat you up there in the dark until you come to a place of repentance. Takes longer for others than others sometimes. But I'm telling you, your sin is always before you. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in my sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. We all are born with that sinful nature. One man passed down to all of us, and by one man, Jesus Christ, forgiveness is available. Verse 7, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me. I shall be whiter than snow. That can happen in your life today. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Man, that's what it's like when you're miserable, you're grumpy. Man, because you, man, you, just, you, you know you're not where you're supposed to be. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. You want to make a difference for the kingdom? It starts with confession. Recognizing your sin. Quit trying to, to cover them up and hide them and confess your sin to God today. And then he's going to cleanse you and then you can make a difference for the kingdom. For believers today, what is it that the Holy Spirit has brought up to the surface? Are you in a relationship that it's, it's out of God's will? Is there some things in your thoughts and in your actions and your attitudes that you need to come to confess? You can come to this altar or you can confess right there in your pew where you're at. And I just want to say in closing to those who are lost today. Let me read you a verse in Romans chapter 10. What a beautiful verse. Listen to what it says in Romans 10 verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation begins with you admitting you're a sinner. You've sinned against God. And today, I believe you died for me and my sin. I believe you were buried and rose again. I surrender my life to do you. Would you do that right there in your living room? Would you do that right here today? Come forward and ask Jesus to save you. Would you stand with me for prayer and an invitation? Lord, you are faithful God. And you are full of tender mercies. Ready to forgive our sins. For those who are lost. I pray you would draw them to you and they would be saved today. Lord, we come with empty hands. We come a people who are sinful. And to be saved, it comes through repentance. It comes through humility coming and confessing our need for a Savior. Lord, as believers, 
Let us never lose that attitude that saved us of our need for a Savior, of our need for daily confession. Thank you that you are ready and willing to forgive us of all unrighteousness, to cleanse us, to make us white as snow. Take this time and use it for your purpose and for your glory. May your Holy Spirit move in our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus.